Charles Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States and to the Republic. Thank you. Is this really high, Kim? Jeez. A lot of feedback. It lo yeah, there is. Roll call. Thank you. Councilor Horning? Here. Council President Frank? Here. Mayor Barber is absent. Councilor Montero? Present. Councilor Wright? Here. Councilor Phillips? Here. Councilor Morrissey? Here. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, now do we have a um, motion to approve agenda? So moved. Seconded. Seconded. All in favor? Aye. Aye. So moved. Okay, filling in for Tristan is Caitlin. How are you tonight? Thank you. Great. So this week, tomorrow night at 4.15, we have our girls' JV game at versus Capoos at Seaside High School. At 4.30, our boys' JV will be playing versus Capoos at Seaside High School. At 6, our JV2 girls will be playing at Broadway Middle School against Tillamook. At 6, our boys' varsity will be playing against Capoos. And at 7.30, our girls' varsity will be playing against Capoos. And at 7.30, boys' JV2 are playing against Capoos at Broadway Middle School. On Wednesday, there are no events. On Thursday at 5 p.m., there is a wrestling match at Yamhill Carlton High School. And on 5.30, there is a girls' JV game at Corbett High School and a 7 p.m. girls varsity game at Corbett High School. On Friday, there's a boys JV2 game versus Marfield at Seaside High School. There will be a wrestling varsity tournament at Warrington High School at 5 p.m. There's a boys JV game versus Marfield at Seaside High School. And at 7.30, there's a boys varsity game versus Marfield at Seaside High School. And then on Saturday, there's a 9.30 varsity wrestling tournament at Warrington High School and a 10 a.m. swimming varsity invitational at Warrington Aquatic Center. And then next week is our winter week, and we, are, we will be selling ornaments again like we did last year, but they're blue this year, so if anybody would like to come get some, you can come get them from the high school. They should be here on Wednesday, so anytime after that, feel free. We're doing the Dormecker again. So that's all I have. Thank you, Caitlin. Thank you. Any, any other places that are available just at the school? Yeah, but we can, Tristan and I said that we could always drop them by here if there's a certain amount that want them, so you can contact Tristan if there's like a certain list of people that want them. We are happy to drop them by here if you need us to. So. Very good. Yep. And I understand you have a busy schedule yes. and you need to yeah. ski daddle. That's fine. Thank you, though, for the report. <laughs> and at this time, we'll open up uh, uh, the chairs up here for public comments for anything that is not currently on the agenda. And just please come forward, state your name and address, and if you would keep your time to four minutes, please. This is really exciting. <laughs> Unbelievable. It's so exciting. Glad. <coughs> Happy for you folks. John Dunzer, 2964 Keepsake Drive, Seaside, Oregon. Uh, a month ago, you guys had uh, the cedar guy here, which uh, I've had a problem with cedar. I spent a lot of my... After I retired, I spent a lot of my give back time doing economic development work for communities, and I'm pretty damn good at it. I probably created, I don't know, 
couple hundred thousand jobs. We want to add them up. But anyway, they've been technical jobs, but whatever. But when we got to economic development here, you know, I sat down at the Rotary Club, and they said, I said, well, what do you need up here? She said, we need some. This was a bank lady. They had one of the banks over there. And she said, well, we need some family wage jobs. I said, well, oh, that's a good idea. We'll just develop some family wage jobs. So then I started learning an awful lot about this area. And one of the things that came out of, out of this learning about it is, uh, you know, Don, Don, our beloved mayor, passed, who was a good friend of mine, said, you know, Dunzer, he says, what I really hate about this job of mayor, not too many things, is I hate it when people come and ask me about business ideas that would be good in this city, and I don't know what the hell to tell them. He says, I think we should have some economic development thing. I said, well, Don, we have an economic development. I'm a SCORE, Senior Corps of Retired Executives. You know, this is an organization that I'm very familiar with. I used to run a small business development company just like the one that Leahy runs over here with El Camino College in northern San Diego County. So I knew, I knew a, a little bit about it and so forth. But, you know, they said, well, you know, we're going to put together this thing called CEDAR. I said, well, why are, why are you doing this? Are you going to have score people do your things because we work for free? No, no, we're going to pay people to be the counselors. I said, well, you know, that's a pretty expensive thing to do. And they said, no, 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 we want control, and we want, we want this and so forth. You know, but don't worry about it because the private industry is going to pay for the whole thing. I said, well, what's the $10,000 that you're asking? Well, it's just seed money. We won't need it after the first couple of years. So I let this, I said, oh, good luck. So uh, I see now that one of the things that Kevin presented was is that there's uh, private sector sponsorship is now down to 7%. I mean, that's not, that wasn't the idea. You people got s sold a bill of goods because now you're in the business of funding out of these wonderful taxpayers that we have in here, money, this another organization. It's just sort of like the county fairgrounds. They never can manage to get off the trough. The, the Astoria Harbor District, they are always on the public. None of these people know how to develop anything that's going to pay for itself. They just get on the public trough and they just keep, and here we are. It's the same old game. They'll be back here next year and so forth. It's a, you know, there's a lot of, those people don't do any development. They do business training. That's what SD, the, and that's what they do a good job. They do a good job of it, I'm sure. But there are nobody doing any economic development. I noticed when I was up in lovely Portland recently that there was a, there, there was a, okay, I'm out of here. But anyway, 70%, 72% of respondents that are in the coastal area of Oregon say their biggest problem is the kids have to move out of their region to find good jobs. I don't care what these places say about this or that or whatever. That's still the big problem. 15 years, it's just as big a problem as it was then. And there's nobody up there that's going to solve it because the county sucks off half of the lottery money that's supposed to go to economic development to fund their own Kevin couples. 
they suck it off. They don't let it go into economic development. Anyway. Thank you, Mr. Dunzer. It was about a real pleasure, and these are lovely facilities. Here. Thank you. Um, the mayor's not here. I am here representing Sunset Empire Transportation District, and today Do you have lower. Your name, name and oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I skipped right ahead. My first name's Kathy, and my last name's Klesik. And um, the address at Sunset Empire, where I am, is 465 Northeast Skippinon Drive, Warrington, Oregon. But I am a seaside resident, so just for relative perspective of why I'm here. Um, Jenny, the new executive director from Lower Columbia Hispanic Council, had hoped to be able to make it, but she had a previous engagement. So I'm here uh, with what you have in front of you, the Safe Routes to Parks program, that they are going to be uh, um, applying for grant funds through, and they are looking for a letter of support from Seaside just for their application process and for then working together with them when and if hopefully they get awarded this grant. They would like to run a Safe Routes to, Pro to Parks program, uh, which is a partnership with Safe Routes to School, uh, which most of you should have heard of because you work with those quite frequently. I've been speaking with Dale on about these things, and so we're hoping that we can get this. It's a short timeline. I'm sorry to drop this on you in public comment. I wished I could have done it sooner, uh, but uh, this grant just came on our radar and their application deadline is actually December 16th. So it's a super short timeline. There's a lot of people that'll be applying. So we're trying to make up the most um, powerful application we can with all the entities in the area with support letters for the programs that they're hoping to do. So the packet that you have in front of you basically just outlines the different steps to the program and the different types of programs, uh, projects that qualify. So this one, uh, we're hoping to, to do something along the lines of a safety carnival here at Broadway Park in the spring in timing with the opening of the new school campus. So we would work together with other organizations that do similar programs to kind of create a bigger impact, to magnify the amount of money that we would get from this program so that we can impact a larger amount of the community in a positive way and make draw awareness to the fact that traffic is going to change with the school opening. There's gonna be a lot more traffic on Broadway, on Wahana, and all the roads around here where the kids would normally not have to worry about traffic too much in trying to get to Broadway, but then also to the other parks in the area is the hope that this is, will work as a sort of a seed project to then create more awareness campaigns for the other parks in the area so that people will know how to get there, where they are, and how to get there safely. So. Just so I understand this, is this on behalf of Lower Columbia Hispanic Council? So Lower Columbia Hispanic Council would be the applicant. Okay. We are a supporting, okay. Sunset Empire would be a supporting agency. It is a, the applicant has to be a, a nonprofit. And so the government and the other agencies around can then support them in their endeavors, but it has to be a nonprofit that makes the application. So. Councilor, is that question? I guess, um, I guess I, I, are you reinventing 
a wheel here. Are you working with like our Parks Commission? Yes. And yep. with Sunset Empire and Park? Yes, we're working to, we're in, we're in communication with them. So it, this application would allow us to be collaborative with all of the agencies around here and use that money to create as big of an, uh, a program as we can with the most impact. And we're also, it, I've been talking to Dale so that we can um, work kind of in collaboration with his applications for safe routes to school. So we're hoping to tie it all together and make the most out of this so that we can impact this community in the best way before the schools open. So whether that's painting crosswalks along with the sidewalk, with the safety carnival, um, you know, they've got sidewalks planned, teaching people where the new sidewalks are going to be, how do they connect to the park, so. And the school district is also going to be involved with you? We haven't heard back from them, but the hope is yes, yes. I don't want to confirm something that I haven't heard, had a confirma an official confirmation of, but that is the hope. Well, I think we, we all appreciate the uh, Safe Routes to School program. Mark, how would we uh, proceed? We can't really do that during public filming. The timeline, if uh, you would like us to craft a letter of support on your behalf, we could need to do that and, and get the mayor's signature or uh, Council President Frank's signature and move that forward. How does Council feel about that? Comfortable with it. Yes, yeah. I am. I think yeah. it's a great idea. I agree. This, this is specific to Seaside, right? This one would be specific to Seaside. And, and the hope is that in creating this program, we can kind of create a model that then can be duplicated in the other communities as well. Okay. But we'll, we'll, we'll can proceed along as Mark suggests. Put a letter, letter together and uh, Council President Frank, you can sure. go ahead and handle it. Thank you, Pretty Time, Kathy. Thank you. Thank you, Kathy. Anyone else who choose to speak right now during the public uh, comment period? Not seeing any. Uh, council, anyone with potential conflict of interest? No. no. And then uh, do we have a motion for the consent agenda? So moved. Second. Okay, moved and seconded. All in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? Okay. And then uh, under reports and presentations, Max from Ukraine, welcome. Hello. Hello. I'm Max, I'm from Ukraine. Uh, I'm staying in Seaside for the whole year. Uh, studying in Seaside High School and I came here to talk a little bit about my country. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, we can see a flag of my country, Ukrainian flag, it's uh, blue and yellow color. Blue color represents the blue sky and yellow represents the like yellow gold color of wheat growing because uh, my country is like, very agricultural and uh, a lot of wheat uh, and like making bread and all these things. Uh, on the right we can see the emblem of my country, it's trident. Uh, almost nobody knows why is it actually trident, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, there's some thought that uh, back in 11th century when people came to my area, they just, their families had something like this as their emblem, so yeah, it was like along the history we had this emblem. Now it's just beautiful sign of our country. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's how our uh, cities, villages used to look like uh, 200 years ago, and sometimes you can find some of these places in old villages even now. It's how my country looks right now. You can see our pictures of our capital, Kiev. Uh, maybe you heard about it. It's pretty beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's a small video about some sceneries and sightings of my country that you can just see, enjoy, and can you play this? This video, right. There's just some sceneries and activities of our people or how young people live. Most likely our country, it's fields and all these prairies, but uh, in the west we have a lot of woods and forests as you have here. It was a picture of a uh, common Ukrainian church, all this gold stuff on the top. Bridge. Yeah. Western Ukraine, mountains and rivers and forests, uh, pretty beautiful. We have some old castles that stayed from ancient times. Wheat field. It's Lviv city on the western Ukraine. Uh, this area is like the most Ukrainian area in in my country because people speak Ukrainian only, like clear Ukrainian, not Russian. 
and uh, they are pretty patriotic. All buildings, castles. This is George. That's how modern cities look like now. Soccer, box, uh, it's like the most uh, widespread sports. All these use flash mobs, just uh, charity marathons. Uh, people in our country do a lot of marathons where people just pay for this and then this money goes to, uh, I don't know, sick kids or people who need this money. from places where the water is yeah yeah well, it's beautiful country yeah yeah a little bit about geography uh, my country is uh, in the central and western yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, Central and Western Europe, it's most, mostly Western Europe, but geographical center of Europe is in the Western Ukraine, so like on the border between West and uh, Center. We have borders with seven countries, it's Russia, Belarus, Poland, uh, Slovakia, Hungary, Romania and Moldova. Uh, yeah, let's move forward. Uh, a little bit about politics picture on the left it's uh, like our alternative of your white house but our president he uh, doesn't live in this building is just for like council meetings and uh, he lives in his own house but it's just place of work and uh, next picture it's uh, your house and senate like all these people it's one thing in my country we don't have this division by house senate we have just one rada it's called rada and they uh, sit in this uh, room and make their decisions and all these pass uh, laws and all this kind of stuff and uh, it's our president vladimir zelensky uh, his new president uh, he started his uh, work probably this June or May, May, June and on the right is our Prime Minister. We don't have a Vice President but the second person is Prime Minister so it's Vladimir Groisman. Uh, yeah, we hope that with new President our country will become better and better because yeah, it was kind of dark years after Soviet Union so yeah, now it seems that it's becoming better. 
uh, about our currency, it, how it looks like, and the ratio to United States dollar, one United States dollar, it's 23.7 uh, Ukraine Grivna. Uh, it's Ukrainian food, uh, picture on the left, it's the most famous soup made of beetroot and potatoes and uh, beef. Uh, we usually eat it with sour cream. People like sour cream a lot. Uh, uh, on the right, it's uh, kind of our version of Italian ravioli. It's just uh, bread inside with some meat or potato, whichever you like. Uh, there's uh, on the right, right, it's uh, meat inside of cabbage leaves. It's also yeah. pretty good. <coughs> and uh, some uh, garage cheese pancakes. It's also mm. like what people usually have. It's like national cuisine. Uh, about our customs and traditions, picture on the left, it's uh, women's customs and it's not it's not like now, it was 200, 300 years ago, and uh, it's like celebration uh, version of their uh, clothes. Uh, picture in the bottom, it's uh, old version of wedding in my country. Mm. Yeah, this group of people, it's, uh, we had Ukrainian army, these people were called Cossacks, they were just free people who were allowed to have uh, weapons and uh, they were protecting country and protecting their families. So it was kind of army, like in 17th century, 16th centuries, yeah. Uh, picture on the right, it's uh, how men used to look like uh, this haircut, small piece of long hair on the top of your head and everything's bald and this long mustache and they used to smoke pipes it was very uh, spread thing, and uh, nice shirt. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> our national shirt. I'm wearing one of them today. I can show. Very nice. <laughs> Actually, was sitting and sewing it. Okay. Yeah. Um, you can uh, meet person in these clothes in the streets right now, but. Uh, Yes, usually people have like, each person has one of these shirts. Just to remember about your roots and mm -hmm. yeah, traditions. Uh, it's next a small video about uh, which shows uh, nationally, not, not this one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this shows national Ukrainian dances and there's Ukrainian music in the background, uh, this dance uh, called Hapak. It's pretty intense. Uh, very small amount of people can actually do this. Uh, it seems like it's different video. Yeah, alright. My mom used to do these dances for 16 years. Uh, then he st she stopped because I was born and she didn't have time for this, but she liked it a lot. She was very fit. Mm -hmm. 
and some versions of this this dance people uh, like men they dance with uh, Ukraine like old national Ukrainian sword and they like represent like they are fighting but they are not actually fighting it just looks nice and uh, the last picture it's Ukrainian alphabet we have 32 letters it's pretty different with English and yeah mm. and there's English transcription in the bottom mm. how we can pronounce these letters because they look weird I guess mm. <laughs> yeah that was it <laughs> very nice well thank you Jeez. questions thank from you. the council are you attending Seaside High School yeah what grade are you in? Senior. Senior, okay. Mm -hmm. And how, long, how much longer will you be here? Uh, I'm here for four months, and I will stay until the end of the school year. Ah, okay. So you'll be celebrating Christmas here? Mm-hmm. Pretty soon. Yeah. Who's uh, your host family? Uh, Chris and Kelly Dugan. Uh, mm -hmm. there. Uh -huh. Supporting <laughs> kinda, me. Kind of thought it might be. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for your time. Now, we Thank thought w you were bringing us all samples of dinner tonight. Uh, uh, cabbage rolls or something? It would be hard to cook so much. <laughs> Very nice, Max. We appreciate you sharing with Thank us. You. Thank Very you. Thank you. And next up, Rick Prue with uh, Kernan Thompson. Rick and Eric. Thank you, honorable council members. Uh, I'm Rick Crew with uh, firm Kern and Thompson, and this is my associate, Eric Zenbauer. And we're here we, uh, to present the, the annual audit report of the city. Um, we met with the council earlier and went into more detail, but I can, I'm happy to report that our audit opinion is a clean opinion. We rendered a opinion that the financial statements of the city for the fiscal year ended June 30th, 2019 are fairly stated in accordance with generally accepted accounting principles and government auditing standards. Uh, that means the, the numbers are accurate, they're reported correctly, and the controls of the, the city are sound. And there were no deficiencies or abnormalities to report. Um, so the books are, uh, the city has a strong financial position and the uh, report is accurate. An electronic copy has already been submitted to the state as, as required by Oregon statutes. So a good report card. Yes, yeah, yeah. a clean opinion, good report card. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Yeah. And, and staff. <laughs> do we need to take action on the no, contract? No, no we don't. You, you okay. will need to contract take next. Uh, we actually met with them earlier, so I think uh, we probably exhausted most questions. Anyone else this have? small. <coughs> mm -hmm. Yes. Oh. Okay, if you don't have any questions, and again, <coughs> if you do have questions at any time throughout the year, uh, we're happy to answer them. We want to make sure that we're available for your, your questions and comments, and we communicate throughout the year with management uh, to make sure uh, that they're kept abreast of changes in accounting and, and that we're kept abreast of changes in the city 
to prepare for our annual audit, and we appreciate being selected as your auditors. Thank you. Thank you. Good. The presentation is short, but their work is not. <laughs> they do quite a bit, and it takes them a long time. Um, under new business now, we will um, uh, have a motion to um, maybe Mark can. Yeah, tell us would about you it. expound on that, Mark? Thank you, Council. Uh, your next item on here. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> what he said. Your next Watch. item. Your next item on the agenda is to approve uh, an annual contract with Kern and Thompson for doing the audit for this year. Uh, last year's audit uh, cost us forty-two thousand dollars. This year's audit will be forty-three thousand uh, dollars. I do want to remind the council, though, that uh, a few years back. Uh, we talked the auditors into lowering their contract price, and they're still not back to where it was uh, a few years ago. So uh, we think it's a very good price. We also think the increase of $1,000 is warranted. Uh, they do an excellent job of putting your audit together, um, and we appreciate very much working with them, and we recommend to you that you go ahead and approve this contract for this year. Okay. Under your recommendation, do we have uh, a motion then? I move that we approve the audit contract with Kern and Thompson LLC. I'll second that. Okay. I have a motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. And opposed? Okay. Thank you, Mr. Council President. <laughs> and next on our agenda, a liquor license application from the C. Hello. Have a seat. Okay, it looks like um, you have one location and you're opening another. Yes. Good for you. Thank you. Um, so, by the way, Patala for Lovachasopun and um, try to get approving on liquor license application for a new restaurant on 1480 South Roosevelt Drive, and it's going to be called the sea. The sea. Okay. Again, what will you serve? <laughs> um, so I'm taking an idea from the Cajun seafood where we do like hand-on seafood, come with like different type of the Cajun sauce, and come in like bucket or big bowl, and then people just play around on the table. So it's going to be something like that. And hopefully it's work. <laughs> <laughs> when do you anticipate being open? Um, I try to do in the beginning of next year, so probably a couple weeks from now. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> but you still have a couple more things to get done in the buildings. It needs a lot of update and stuff in the, inside the building, and then we need to put in the new grid tabs and um, equipment. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Any other questions? I question? have uh, just one question. <laughs> I happen to live directly across the river from your new place. And there's just a little corner back on it nobody else can see except me that's not painted yet. 
it's still the old uh, yellow and uh, orange color. Is that going to get changed to your beautiful blue? Oh, um, do you mean that where there used to be a lottery and stuff? Yeah. Well, um, because that building is pretty big, so that part, I'll just leave it to be a storage until (laughs) we get it up and running, and I try to turn it to be a patio. Okay, so everybody go to it so we can get that piece painted, too. (laughs) (laughs) We might take it away, (laughs) but it's going to be up there. Okay, I'm just... uh, Twisting your leg a little bit yeah, there. Thank yeah. you. Oh, maybe I can do a party all through the levers. I don't know yet. <laughs> so this will be um, full service liquor. Yes, but not just beer and wine, but it's going to be a full liquor. But okay. instead of where they used to have a lounge in the back, yeah. So I moved bar to the front, and we're going to have like just a service bar, mm-hmm. but mostly going to be table. Dine family and serve on the table instead of have people sitting on the bar. Right. Yeah. You currently have a full liquor license that tied me up? No, I'm still waiting for that to be approved because both of the locations, even though the, the, one, the one that used to be Westlake, they have liquor license before, but she settled the license before I put my application in. So the OLCC wouldn't promise to be approved, but since the tie-me-up has um, on the last process for the final process already, they, she already put the things together and then now waiting for the main office in Portland to be approved. Okay. Yeah. Well, Guy Knight of Seaside Police Department did a full uh, background search and didn't see anything that would disqualify them, so I move that we approve the license. I'll second that. Okay, we have a motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. Uh, aye. Opposed? There you go. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. And good luck to you. Yep. Yes. Um, next, uh, we're going to hear a proposal from Sunset Empire um, uh, regarding an indoor training facility project at Broadway. Uh, Mark, would you uh, <coughs> preface their presentation? deals directly with the council. Uh, The proposed development is still subject to review and authorization from the Seaside City Council prior to any formal plan submittal. Any modifications to the proposed facility required by the council must be incorporated into the applicant's plan. This could include but would not be limited to building size, location, access provisions, and maintenance agreements. So uh, that's why, why, why it is that uh, uh, they're before you tonight, uh, is this was a condition of approval by the Planning Commission. Okay. You got it. You want to introduce each other? 
first, Skyler, can you introduce everybody? Uh, I can introduce myself while at least people speak for themselves. I'm Skyler Archibald. I'm the executive director of the Sunset Empire Park and Recreation. I'm Jessica Reeves. I'm the high school softball coach and also um, the liaison for softball um, youth in this community with Seaside Kids. My name is Candace Flagg. I'm working with these people on this project as like a co-project fundraiser person. I'm Chris Porter. I'm the uh, project coordinator for the uh, Bobby Parking North Train Facility Project. And uh, Candace is also, uh, she's, a, um, she's, going, she's a junior, but she's working with her uh, Pacifica project as part of this uh, project to try to get that credit done. Very nice. Thank you, Council President Frank, and, and thank you for the rest of us for hearing us out. So we're just really excited about this um, possibility, this project that we've been working on for some time. I'm going to let uh, Chris and Candace share a little bit more about the project details, but you have some information in front of you and on these really nice screens that will kind of guide us through. Okay. Again, yeah, thank you guys for hearing us out. Um, uh, we're here to, uh, this, this project is basically proposed to be put on the city seaside property. Um, it's currently used uh, already for these types of activities, but um, of course we'll be building a new uh, facility, a much needed facility for the baseball, softball program. Um, and some other additional uses with football, soccer, um, and other uses around the, the uh, property there. Uh, so this information here you guys have on your uh, on your printouts. It's probably hard to read on the screen, but if you get to uh, this screen here, this is the proposed building. Um, it's a 56 by 86 uh, steel building. Um, it has uh, uh, four lanes of indoor hitting and pitching available with a little uh, kind of a common area uh, to hang out and hang your gear while you're getting ready to go. Um, it has a, if you look on the end of the building there, my laser doesn't work on the screen, but on the end of the building there, one of the big doors is gonna be a new concession stand, um, which is much needed. And it's also another um, larger door on the left is the a little storage area for the, um, for, for Broadway Park's uh, maintenance equipment for the field. Uh, the two man or the three man doors. The two man doors that are stuck next to each other are new bathrooms that'll be available during football, soccer, baseball, softball games on the field. There, uh, currently the bathrooms, as you guys know, are kind of uh, inadequate and far away from where the uh, activities are going on, and they're a public bathroom rather than kind of a private type of a clean situation. Uh, the other door is to enter into the building. Uh, we don't have a shot of the other side, but there's a large. Uh, door on the far end proposed that would uh, allow for, you know, ingress and egress out of the building for large equipment and things like that. Um, are all three of those doors same size? Uh, those, the two on the, uh, the three, yes, are, are all okay. the same. They're, three, they're all ADA approved, basically. Mm -hmm. You see in the bathroom on the floor plan, which is uh, this plan here. You see the layout. Uh, we've got two, sh two short lanes for softball and two long lanes for baseball we could use for either one. Um, hitting, of course, you could do either one. Uh, and then you got a little uh, common area there and then the large concession stand and the storage area on the bottom right and the two bathrooms on the top right. That will be uh, just family-type bathrooms either way. Uh, this is the this is not exact an actual picture of what it will look like on the inside, but it's just a rendition of what it would look like of another facility. It's very similar, um, so it'll be soft turf um, with uh, netted, uh, hopefully automatic nets that can roll back. So we'll have multi-use 
uh, if needed. We can uh, kind of multi-purpose it during the day while you know high school kids are at school. We can use it for younger kids if we need to on rainy days and things like that. But uh, easy to get set up and get going with the baseball, softball stuff in the in the winter or any time. <coughs> Uh, this is kind of an overview of the site plan. It's a little bit blurry, but if you obviously you can see the football field. Um, and then there's a, um, a, a big patch of dirt there next to that black diagonal line, uh, which is where the facility would be located. Uh, CKI has been out to the site and helped us put together the site plan and, and put some stakes and some whiskers of uh, where the proposed property lines are and everything's um, set to the building code. <coughs> map. Uh, one of the concerns is the wastewater, or not the wastewater, but the drain water coming off the building and where it's going to go. On the top center there, there's a, um, a, li a diagonal line that is supposedly some catch basins. Maybe Dale can probably Dale knows more about this, but <laughs> anyway, our, our goal is to catch all that water and get it into the appropriate places. Like you said, it's not only just for softball and baseball, but with the new bathrooms and the new storage and concession stand, it can be used for football games, soccer games, any kind of game that goes on at Broadway Field that those need to be used for, as well as the bathrooms are really helpful. So it's, it's kind of inconvenient to have to walk all the way across, and it's going to be cl cleaner bathrooms and easily accessible. And then speaking as a coach and as an advocate for um, youth here in our town with um, athletics, um, and also just kind of reflecting on my own um, sports experiences growing up. Um, we didn't have a facility like this. It also wasn't as rainy where I grew up. Um, and so as a coach and also working with our youth sports, I know that this is a necessary building for us um, to get our kids inside when it's rainy. Um, and then also we have a lot of athletes like Candace who want to be working out um, in the off season for softball, whether it's hitting, pitching, catching, or just doing agility. And we don't have the gym space right now as it is. And with the new school site, we're going to be going down a gym or two. And so this is a really necessary building, not just, you know, speaking as the high school coach who, you know, I look at this and it's a dream, just thinking about um, the future of kids in athletics and keeping them excited to be in the sport. We have to have the facilities to do that. Um, so I'm really excited to see this project rolling, and we really hope to have your guys' support. I like the idea. Comments from <laughs> Council President, um, I'm just looking at my packet. It says proposed budget and cost analysis. See attached. That I don't have an attached spreadsheet. Is that something you guys are sharing publicly, or? Yes. Uh, sorry that I didn't make it in, but we can't share that publicly. Yeah. And I can get it to um, Kim. I think uh, right now, I think the overall project cost is around two hundred thirty thousand dollars, and the project will be um, completed through a lot of donations and grants. We've already gotten some grants. A lot of pledges have come uh, up as we're kind of working on it, but um, be privately funded through, through those mechanisms. Thank you. I think it's really important to give as many opportunities to our youth as possible. Um, I have a few detailed questions. Uh, this, gonna, this is going to sit on land that belongs to the city of Seaside. Who will actually own the building? A great question. Uh, I think the, as far as the management of the building and who will own the building, I think that's up still for discussion. Since it's on City of Seaside land, it would make sense that uh, ownership of the building would be 
with the city, but I think it's going to be maintained in a, in a partnership through the Park and Rec District and through some of these other organizations, maybe through um, amendment to the IGA or a separate IGA that we develop as we go forward down the road. The plan right now is for the Park and Rec District to manage it in the same way we manage Broadway Field and taking care of the scheduling and when athletes or teams want to use it, we're making sure that it has, um, there's equal opportunity to participate there and also we're sharing the access privileges between the sports, the programs, different levels and then part of the benefit is, as, as they were saying, is that we, we do think that um, we can open up the building for other uses, maybe for Park and Rec District programs or for like our preschool kids to use when it's a, a rainy day and they need space to run around for lots of different uses. Okay, so you anticipated actually a couple of my questions. Um, when you were saying that the bathrooms will be open whenever there's anything going on, uh, they can be open. Can they be locked off so that people aren't going into the batting cage area um, unattended? That's, I think that's the best word for it. Yeah, I think the plan right now is to um, be able to control access to those um, those bathrooms and only have them open during when there's there's games or when there's teams using the facility and then locking them the rest of the time. Mm -hmm. uh, there is a lot of uh, transient um, activity in that area, so we want to yeah. maintain the, the sanctity of those spaces as much as we can. Uh, and then what was the second part of your question? No, that, okay. that was it. Did I answer that fully? So the last sentence on your project summary says, use of the facility will be provided by permitted Seaside Kids, Seaside High coaches, and SEPRD staff only. That, that was going to be a question for me, but then I heard you saying that you would rent it out to anybody who wants to rent it. So I'm, I'm, here, I'm seeing one thing, but hearing something else. Help me understand. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I think. Um, it's hard to, I, I guess, fully anticipate the uses of the building and how many different groups. So I think we're going to have to work sort of towards that in the future. But I think our plan is that if the building is open to many different uses and teams, but it's not open to the general public just to come and open up the door and, and hit some balls or use that space. So it'll it, be open by schedule. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And But it, there won't be a cost associated. Uh, for it necessarily, you know, we really want to provide those athletes, the young athletes especially, with the, that space, uh, and that's the purpose of the building. So, yeah. So we are, are we not currently charging people to use the field? We are. So we would continue to charge people to use the field, but you're anticipating we wouldn't charge people to use this building. Might. Yeah, maybe. I mean, like you said, I, I think that's... Well, one of the... Well, first of all, I think that this, the Seaside High School students and the Seaside Kids program is going to have first dibs on the use of the facility, you know, and so that will fill up a lot of that time. Um, it would take a special group that would want to come in and utilize the building. So I think what Skyler's saying is, like, for instance, if some out-of-town team wanted to come in and use it for uh, some type of a practice or something like that, that might be something that... You know, across at that point in time, but as far as the general public utilizing the building for any for fee or anything like that, and I may be speaking out of not knowledge, but um, we don't anticipate that happening at this point in time. It's more of a use for the Seaside kids and the Seaside High School athletics, and you know, um, a little bit of a uh, some support for 
possibly some of the younger groups that need to use it in the preschool group. If, if needed, that was just a, an extra multi-purpose opportunity. So we're hoping we don't really want a bunch of random people, obviously, in there messing with the equipment. And, you know, and when they come in to hit and do their work, they want to get it done and, and not have to, you know, fix everything that's broken and all that type of stuff. Yeah, and I, I completely understand that. My concern goes to it's sitting on taxpayer land. And so for me, that means that taxpayers um, should not be um, uh, prohibited from the opportunity. And so I would look that there would be as many opportunities as possible for those who pay SEPRD taxes, those who pay school taxes, those who pay city property tax. Um, because, and they may not be formed groups, but this is another opportunity, I think, for Seaside kids because they do such wonderful work for our, for our community. So I think there's a lot of questions still up in the air. It's a great idea, but I still have a lot of questions. I'd, I'd like to comment, having been on the Park and Rec Board, um, that uh, with the, the three-way memorandum of understanding between the school district Park and Rec in the city. Uh, we want to make sure that language is very clear. It anticipates uh, what fees might be what, and what responsibilities there might be for uh, long-term maintenance and um, responsibilities, usage fees and things like that. <clears throat> All those things, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't know whether the city council is quite qualified to iron that out here at this mo point in time, but I, I would like it to uh, uh, learn from our experiences at, at what works and, and where maybe some pitfalls might occur. But I, I'd, I think this is an excellent uh, addition to the sports complex and for the opportunities for the kids. Um, and Tita, you got to have a point about how does the public have access to this given all the expenses that the, they contributed. And I, I'm not quite sure how to an answer that myself. Yeah, I'm not yeah. I would be in favor of exploring the idea and maybe we could direct city staff to kind of answer a lot of these questions and to come back to us so we can review it again. Is that possible? Yes, it is. Right. Uh, if the council is interested in having us put together uh, a draft uh, memorandum of understanding, uh, we could put something together and then bring it back to the city council for, for your review at that point. I think that would be a good way to proceed. Uh, as you can see, we all really like the idea. We just need to answer some of these, these questions we brought up. Um, you know, like ownership, who insures, you know, long-term maintenance. But um, we all love the idea. Uh, I mean, we, we know how tough it is to... Uh, be in sports in the winter and, and having an indoor facility is great. My youngest daughter played four years of softball and, and uh, I fortunately had an indoor facility with a uh, tennis ball machine so we could do a lot of practice but a lot of, a lot of people didn't have that. So, As far as the maintenance goes, um, we, we kind of had discussed this already. We, we had planned that you know, we worked that out between SCPRD and, and Seaside Kids. Um, and as far as, so I mean that, you know, is something that we've already discussed as far as the ownership goes and whatnot. I don't know what you guys have discussed in the past. I know this has come up before. 
but I don't know if it's a if it makes sense to try to, to donate the land to Seaside Kids or if, it, if there's anything like that that could come up. I don't know how you guys sort that type of stuff out, um, but you know it's just a, you know it's kind of our opportunity to kind of move forward with that. Um, you know, Seaside Kids is heavily involved in it. Um, uh, their board is pushing to get as many grants as possible to make it happen. Uh, that's why the budget is set at the 230,000 is, is for the full facility. Um, we do have a lot of gifting kinds that are coming in from various contractors and, and local resources. Um, and so, you know, we just want to kind of try to get to the bottom of whether we can, whether we can, you know, um, go get those funds and begin the building process. Uh, and I don't think that the, some of the details of, uh, that, you know, I don't know if it makes sense to try to sort out the ownership of the property versus the public situation. I don't even know if you guys can do that. But that's kind of what I was um, prepared with is from other sources is hearing that that might be it. And you guys can have donated the land to the, to the entity of Seaside Kids and let them maintain it. I'm, I'm not sure. Okay, well, we'll, we'll, we'll proceed. We'll just need some time to discuss it and go over some of these questions. Skyler's going to provide us with some more information. And as we uh, dig into it, we'll uh, come up with some kind of a plan. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think so. Is that how the council will <coughs> Mark, any other suggestion? Uh, no, Councilor. Uh, but uh, we certainly can have something back in front of you. Uh, probably not at your next council meeting, but probably the one after that. First one in January. That'll give us some time to, to sort through and, and um, figure out uh, a lot of these things we can't decide spur of the moment, but we would have to uh, discover, talk with our attorney and see see how we could proceed with all that. And, and part of that, I'm sure, Dan, is going to be ownership, right? Yes. Yeah. So that'll be a big yeah. question. Yeah, the, the city attorney is sitting over here whispering things <laughs> in my ear. <laughs> so that's part of what we'll be discussing, but uh, I think we all really, really like this idea yeah. and uh, yeah. how far you've gotten with it and, and uh, the restrooms, the uh, new concession stands, the whole thing would be really good. Um, we do have a full set of plans that are uh, engineered and ready to go. Um, so now that stuff is just waiting to, to, be, to, you know, to be submitted to the city for building approval. Um, and if there's anything that we can do to provide for you guys in the next 30 days, <coughs> you can let us know. Yeah. I'm sure Mark will go through Skylar and you can disseminate whatever you need, right? Just put it on our list. I do have one more question, Council President Frank. Yeah. Uh, is there any kind of timelines you guys are trying to hit with grants or anything that we should be made aware of? Um, so we have uh, obtained one pretty significant large grant already. And I think, um, like Chris was saying, there's a lot of and it, it's representative of what probably your feelings is uh, there's a lot of positive support and people pledging and uh, offering in kind donations, but there's a, another grant that we're kind of waiting for final approval for. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. okay. I think as soon as we have the approval, then we can you know pick up our pace and go full speed ahead on this and uh, obtain some of those other uh, significant funding requests that, that we know are out there. I might add on to that, that Chris has worked extremely hard on this project and he's been able to use his connections through um, the community and work to get a lot of in-kind donations. And I would imagine that a lot of those people have donated their time and materials um, are kind of looking to use some of their maybe off-season time for um, building mm -hmm. to kind of work on this. So I think they're maybe kind of itching. So we appreciate, you know, let, letting us know, letting Skylar know what we can do to move this forward because we're really excited about it. and. 
ready to go. Very nice. I, I think the reason we're into the details like this is because we're looking at how do we make it happen. Absolutely. So yeah. I just have, I have one little comment on your site plan document. You might just look at this. It says the tax lots, et cetera, and then it says it's the city of Warrington. Yeah. You might want yeah. to correct that. <laughs> That's kind of odd. <laughs> nope. So. Okay, then. Thank you. We have a plan. We're working on it. Right. Thanks Thank for you. your presentation. Great job. Yes. Okay, and then next up, some Russ you have. No? no, no. no? Oh, I'm sorry. Esther. Esther. With our RFID uh, update. Understand it's... Uh, fully functioning and works yes. well. So I came to you about this about a year ago, and really quickly I just pull a um, video that staff put together to tell you what RFID is. But you want to play it, John. And I'm sorry, it's, it's a little for okay. you to see there, but um, so they're taking a book, and there is music, it's, it's just playing in the background, I'm sorry you can't hear it. So this is the sticker for the RFID tag that goes in the back of each book. Um, that's permanently put into a book as well as um, DVDs. Um, they'll show you there's a DVD disc um, or actually an audio book that they're going to open up. And they'll put the sticker uh, right on the disc itself. Um, this is a security and also um, tagging for inventory as well as helping us with checking in and out of items um, more accurately. So there's three, three advantages to having this system. Um, so you can see, put it on there. So now they're gonna show you in just a second here, um, walking through our front gates with these and what that looks like. Um, so they said they encode it, so they're gonna show you on the computer really quickly that, um, how to check it out. So we have these little desk pad, that black mm -hmm. desk pad is what checks in and out items now instead of having to scan it. Um, so it, it reads it and tells it in the system, this is our checkout system, and it pops it up in there and, and unlocks it so somebody can walk through the front doors with it. Or they can check it back in as well. And once they've checked it in, it's ready to go back on the shelf and the um, encoding is activated. And then it'll show you in just a minute here. <coughs> um, my staff are going to go through the doors with them. So this is one of my staff. That guy drive a van. He lit it up. Uh, so that means he uh, was trying to sneak out the door. Very sketchy individual. Yeah. And then I think he's going to also show you how to do it correctly. Uh, so when he checks it out. And now he's going out. <laughs> the hood's down. That's good. That's good. So uh, John Burke and Alex Cockrum put that together for you. Uh, so a year ago, I came to you and I um, presented this. I mentioned that we would like to go forward with this project. It did take us a full year. Uh, we tagged 42,000 or 45,021 items, which is about 156 tags every single day for the past year. Mm. Uh, so I had about uh, five different staff helping me with this, so we did it as time permitted. Um, we think so far we've had about 10 attempted thefts that have been stopped by the RFID already. 
and we'll have in more information for you after we have started inventorying some of the sections again. Uh, so we're, we're very pleased with it already. I think it's also um, helped with accuracy of checking in, in and out items as well um, as the theft prevention. And um, like I said, it's also going to help us with inventory. We're pleased with it. How long has it been uh, in use? Uh, so we started with DVDs way back in, I think it was March of this year. Um, so the DVDs have been actively in use since March. And then we took the other sections of the library, all 45,000 items, and worked on, on time permitted. The last two sections uh, were the fiction and nonfiction areas of the library. But we went with our high theft areas first and then concentrated on, on the rest of the library. So you're saying the nonfiction people are the most honest? And with our increased um, uh, sharing of books with Warrington and Astoria, when their books come in, they don't have RFID tags, so we're using the old way. We use the old system with the barcodes with them, although that's new to Warrington because help them. Right. We actually wrote a grant to get the rest of our RFID tags and we included in that automation for Warrington, so they just became um, automated this last year. So barcode scanning is actually a new thing to them. Right. <laughs> so we're, we're bringing them with us. <laughs> Good deal. Nice. So thank you very much, and, and I just wanted to present that. It was thanks to uh, your support, the Friends of the Library, and the Seaside Library Foundation, and the LSTA grant that we were able to fully um, fund this project, which was about $26,000. So very nice. Thank Appreciate you. it. Thank you. And, uh, we, I think we all appreciate your um, working with the other libraries in the, in the area and how much is going on with them and being able to help out Warrenton. And really nice to see. Thank you. Okay, Russ. <laughs> Good evening, Council President, Councilors. I'm here this evening to request a 3% increase in our service and gratuity fee that is charged to all <clears throat> of our clients that um, engage in food and beverage for the convention center. I'd like to give you a little bit of a background. Prior to January 1st of 2013, the center did not have any service and gratuity fees and we always looked at that as a competitive edge against our against the other venues within the state. But then the question started uh, coming up, what are we losing because of not charging? What is the disadvantage of not having a service gratuity? And that disadvantage was the lack of, of retention and the ability to recruit hospitality workers. In this industry, it's highly competitive. A lot of restaurants are using servers and they're receiving a base plus their gratuity. And when it came time for us to obtain 30, 40 service uh, servers, we had a difficult time doing that. Oregon Fine Food at times would recruit volunteers from organizations and then they would give them a donation mm -hmm. to churches, organizations of, of, of that type. But the lack of training and the lack of continuity of service was the disadvantage that we were that we were starting to see. Um, 
when somebody comes to the convention center, there's a high expectation of service. And in order to meet that expectation, we felt it was necessary to start charging a service in gratuity so that money could then be supplemented into the pay of the service workers and it helped Oregon find foods and their ability to retain and, and also recruit. So annually, the convention center sells roughly it's about 700,000 in annual <coughs> sales. Food sales? Annual yeah. food and beverage sales. And that generates about $100,000 from this 15% gratuity of which 60% goes right back into the, the uh, pay of the front of house, back of house staff workers. 35% goes into a fund that we, the, the city maintains for the purchase of equipment that is, is upgrade from what they were previously using, a lot of plastics. Uh, we now have stainless uh, water pitchers, coffee service. We've got serpentine uh, pedestal tables. I mean, it goes on and on and on over the years. It's been a very beneficial resource for us to, to use that to, to help the upgrades. We have a, a wide variety of centerpieces, different types, different styles for the different groups that we have. And that's, again, all part of the experience of the guest. And that fund generates about $35,000 annually, and it's um, used for that purpose. 5% of the breakdown goes back to Oregon Fine Foods for the administrative cost of implementing and, and, um, or in, in, in using the, the administrative time that it was required to um, service or you know that particular fund so that's the breakout 60% goes right back into the uh, service workers 35% comes to the convention center and 5% back for administrative purposes what I'm asking this evening is to increase the service gratuity from 15 to 18% and again we're in a highly competitive industry and I want to I want to add a little bit more to the base pay of the service workers for that same reason Again, it's retention and recruitment. The current fund generates a base. Well, no, it doesn't generate the base. The base pay for a starting server is $12 an hour. The ability to supplement that with a gratuity fund increases that base pay for the back of house employees by an average of $5.25 an hour. So then they would be making $17.25 an hour and it increases the front of house, the people that are serving the, the people, the clients, an average of $8.30 an hour. So the, the, they can now hire experienced servers and they can pay them an average of $20.30 an hour. This 3% will add you know, incrementally a little bit more. And that is the, the, the motive and that's the reason why I'm here this evening. I'd like to answer any questions you might have. Well, anyone have a questions? I, I'm just going to say that I, I have some history. I, I tried while I was on the commission to get this implemented, but I don't think that would inhibit me from voting for it now. No. Okay. I just wanted to say it. I just have a comment. I was on the same commission, so was Dana, and I've seen the quality of everything at the everything. center go up since you guys have done that gratuity from the silverware and everything. So I think it's a good idea. Do you anticipate uh, that 3% discouraging anyone from getting food? I don't. 
you know, when we went from zero to 15, uh, we had a, a little bit of, of hiccups there, but we worked with our groups, and if it was a hardship for any one particular group, we um, worked with them in a graduated type uh, scale. And I don't foresee a 3% increase having any effect whatsoever on our current groups. Um, the, um, I lost my train of thought back when I was, you were. Yeah, that was it, no. Okay, okay. So. What, what will happen to the contracts that are already signed? Yeah, it does not have any language regarding food and beverage. Oh, okay. No. It only talks about the exclusivity that we have with Oregon Fine Foods. Their prices are subject to change, and they okay. do annually based on the, the index of, of, of product increases and, and such. Okay. So the food and beverage is, is never part of our existing contracts. There's just been a, a lot of uh, discussion with the commission and with Oregon Fine Foods and the fine tuning So I'm all in favor of this because it's just, as Seth said, it's huge difference in the workers that are allowed, they have now been able to obtain. Obtain, yeah. Yes, because versus what they ha had before that just were not experienced. And as Russ said, our clients at the convention center expect mm -hmm. the best. So um, I'm all for this. Yeah, and previous, and I know um, when we had less skilled employees um, with no consistency, and as you and as you've mentioned, we're now <coughs> seeing very high level of service um, as a result of this. But I also want to mention we have looked at our competitors, <coughs> and we will still be at the lowest of any given facility within the state. Yeah. Majority of them are currently between 20 and 22%. And it has been uh, at least seven years since the previous 15% uh, went into effect, so there has not been any increase in the past seven years. I'd like to, if everybody's finished, I'd like to make a motion to approve this um, in fee increase to the 18%. Second? Yeah, I'll second. All right. We have a motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? Okay. So, so moved. Don't go anywhere, though. I'm with you yet. I will not move. He's not done with us. Yeah, yes. He's not done with us. Yeah. All right. Second uh, item on the agenda is uh, a change order request. This change order is a result of items that we have requested to increase the value of the project. And the first one is the um, installation of some uh, fixtures up in the sand dollar room for better coverage. I briefly talked about this last time I was here. Can lights were originally designed. They were not meeting the needs of our clients. So we quickly realized that they needed to be changed. So the first item is to replace all can lighting in the sand dollar with, with two foot by two foot uh, LED fixtures, dimmable fixtures, and that is definitely going to improve that area. And the other one is on the west entrance of the facility, we realized that uh, installing a, a handrail would most likely eliminate some potential uh, trip hazards as people are walking out of the exit. There's a small planter area that's that's about four inches high and we felt that that would be better served putting a metal railing to protect those that it could be 
dark or they may not be looking as they exit the facility. Because additionally, as you exit on the west side, there's a, there's a seating area as well. Mm -hmm. And just beyond that seating area is that little four inch uh, concrete planter. So it just serves as a, as a barrier, if you will. Mm -hmm. And then the final item is the sound and lighting booth uh, throughout the years has, people have stood on, uh, not stood, they've leaned against it, putting their feet, their, their shoes, and it just always looks messy, it always looks dirty. So by wrapping that with the maple plywood, it number one matches the existing finished uh, doors that are running along the, the end of the Pacific Room and it, it helps dressing up, dress up the uh, sun and lighting booth. So those three items total $11,345.26. It will change the uh, guaranteed maximum price of our contract with O'Brien from $12,449,593.26 to $12,460,938. Dollars and 52 cents. We are anticipating with the change orders um, recognized that we will have a contingency balance of $71,877. And I'm um, happy to answer any questions. Council have any questions? Mm, makes sense. Yep. I agree. Okay, how about a motion? I move that we approve um, this uh, change order. I second it. <laughs> okay, it's been moved and seconded. All in favor? Aye. Uh, and opposed? Okay. And now for an update. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can tell you, we, uh, from an interior standpoint, the building is looking really nice, amazing how other events are able to um, bring in a little bit of, of their own decorating and create just a beautiful uh, experience in, in, in the interior. And I'm referring to the Festival of Trees that just took place uh, this last weekend. The, um, the interior just, I mean, they utilized the new east side as their checkout point and that worked out beautiful for the lines of people that were exiting. And uh, it just opened up the main lobby for socializing and check-in. I mean, it was, it was just very, very, very well-received. And um, I talked to the coordinator this morning and she was extremely pleased with how the facility, uh, number one, looked, but in addition to the functionality of it. So now to talk about the exterior, we're still waiting for uh, the final metal to be installed on First Avenue. I have been informed that the metal has arrived in Portland. There is a change in how they're gonna uh, finish it. Typically it gets cut and painted at the manufacturing plant. But as you know, the last two times they've delivered the metal, there's been flaws and perhaps it was in the manufacturing um, uh, area that that, that 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 damage took place. So I found out today what they're gonna do is they're painting it and this, this material of the paint is baked on it and they're doing that in Portland. And mm. we're gonna see um, if that improves the quality of the product. 
and it's going to put a little bit of a delay. I, I expected the metal to arrive today, actually, but now it's planning to be uh, installed, delivered, installed by the 20th of December. But the good thing is we're the final phase of the manufacturing is going to be done under watchful eye, and it's going to be done locally within you know the Portland area. Mm -hmm. So I really and do not anticipate any additional delays beyond that. So I'm here to tell you, <laughs> the 20th, we should see the metal on the building. <laughs> well, have you written guarantee on this, Russ? <laughs> <laughs> you know, after dealing with this project, I'm not guaranteeing anything anymore. <laughs> Ever again. Ever again. Don't put your finger in the rat trap. <laughs> nope. Okay, thank you, Russ. Any questions from council? All right, thank, thank you very much. Thank you. I see we have a, a vacancy on the library board. Um, okay. Mr. Is, do we have an application? Mm -hmm. oh, I have didn't an see it. It's on our desk. Oh. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, right here. Kathleen Keeple. What would the council like to do? Would you like to nominate and leave it open? Uh, nominate and close, or? I think you should nominate, but keep it open. It's only been open for two weeks. Right. Okay. Would someone like to do that? I'd like to nominate Kathleen Teeple for um, consideration for the library board. I'll second that. Okay, it's been moved and seconded. And we are gonna leave it open, so that will be out and about for Whatever <coughs> amount of time. Okay, very good. And uh, just a thank you to Russ and, and all the time he's put in. He's termed out. Yeah. 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 Um, comments? City staff. Russ, are you done? Encore Dance Studios is producing the Nutcracker, and they'll be performing uh, Saturday, December 14th at 2 p.m. It is a free event. I know it, they're also, it's also a toy drive, so if anybody would like to come down and, 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 and take a look at this renovated facility, that would be the day. Thank you. Good. Yeah, just pass over to Chief Ham, if you would. Good evening. <laughs> <laughs> Um, first off, I'm going to put my Kiwanis hat on and say thank you to the public, everybody that came by and supported our tree sales. So we finished up this weekend. Um, I saw that there was about eight or so out there this morning as I drove by thinking I'm hoping we're done selling because I didn't want to go back this afternoon. And I did find out we sold a couple more throughout the day and we were just going to donate the rest over to the food bank. And then uh, this evening before I came in to go over and take those trees over and there was really only one left there. So if anybody hasn't picked up a tree, please go steal that one. That'd be great. <laughs> um, I did want to kind of comment. We had a really busy uh, weekend. Uh, we kept RJ kind of busy with typing, I'm sure. 
Um, yeah, <laughs> I kind of, he'd asked about something. I said, stand by, I've got a couple of press releases heading your way. So uh, we did have a pretty serious uh, motor vehicle versus pedestrian accident at, uh, or crash, excuse me, at uh, 12th and Holiday. Uh, that person did flee the scene. Officers were able to kind of, with witnesses, tell us which direction and what we should be looking for, did locate the suspect and uh, did a proper interview and investigation and ultimately arrested that person for uh, driving under the influence of intoxicants as well as the uh, hit and run portion of that. Um, we also sent out a, a press release in regards to the uh, motor vehicle fire DUI that happened at the outlet mall. Apparently this vehicle had been called out at several times around town about speed racing, roasting the rinds on those tires. Uh, ultimately it was called in doing some cookies out in the uh, parking lot of the outlet mall, which ultimately led to the engine overheating and apparently catching fire as far as I know. I'm not a fireman. Maybe there's one that can tell me the uh, exact way that happens. But anyway, uh, our officers did a good job getting there. Uh, the person who was the driver and ultimately arrested didn't want to get out of the vehicle because they were trying to pull personal belongings out. So the officer basically had to physically grab this person and get them out of this car that's basically engulfed in flames. So um, that person was again investigated and arrested, charged with that DUII and reckless driving and probably some criminal mischief stuff coming through um, down the road for all the damage to the Tesla uh, charging stations or what have you. Otherwise, they'll probably handle through insurance or however that works. But um, And then we had... Um, pretty significant kind of MIP party that was happening here in town. We'd received some information that there might be one happening. The officers were able to locate that at a local motel, kind of break it up. Essentially a very large party happening where they cited over 20 uh, people for minor possession of alcohol, a couple for furnishing a place where alcohol is being consumed by minors. A warrant was arrested out of there by one of the persons and then a, a juvenile actually out of the um, county area here locally that was uh, arrested on a, a weapons offense as well. So it was a very large party that uh, turned into apparently trying to start up again Saturday. We were called by management saying, hey, it looks like this thing's about ready to go again. And then again, uh, we responded, got on scene, and everybody was pretty much running. So uh, we didn't necessarily enforce much of that night, but broke up the party, it sounds like. And then Sunday, it started again at a different location. We got information. And so we went over there and actually went back and rearrested the person from furnishing the on the Friday night for giving oh, false information to the police officers. So our officers were very busy this weekend. It ended up being the uh, same group of officers on night shifts. So Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, they got their... Um, they're busy, uh, I better watch what I say, but they were busy. And so kudos to them, good job to uh, Sergeant Gregory was a supervisor on shift, Corporal Oya and uh, Officer Brown were the three that were the main players here. We did have some assistance from surrounding agencies when we were really busy, but some of these were very time consuming investigations. Uh, most of them did lead to uh, criminal or other kinds of offense charges. So good job to our guys and gals. Esther, do you have anything to add, Esther? Uh, the library is getting a new reader board, so our we have a new electronic reader board that should go live this week. <coughs> and um, thanks to Bill Montero for helping us set it up in the public works, and then we did have some contractors help with that. And then also this Saturday will be Star Wars Reads Day at the library, so people are invited to come in costume. There is a new um, Star Wars movie coming out 
very soon, so we're tying into that. But um, ours will be more about uh, story time and, and celebrating in costume and lots of crafts and activities. So thanks. Very good. Thank you. Dale. The annual Kim Jordan Christmas tree has arrived. You might be able to see it in back. Is it? And <laughs> along with her elves that helped decorate it and public work staff, uh, it turned out pretty decent. So that's all I have. Gorgeous. Very good. Brian with Chamber. All right. Well, uh, Dale's going after my Christmas tree. Uh, he obviously has to have one bigger than mine, but that's okay. Um, mine's outdoors. So, uh, all right. Um, Open house, our annual open house is December 19th, next Thursday. i uh, love to see you come out, come out and have a, a drink and a snack with us. It's uh, over at the chamber office at 5 p.m. Good Morning Seaside, this, this, this week, is touring the CMH new facility at the Seaside Outlet Mall. Come on over and hear what their plan is. Uh, for that property and you do have to have closed-toed shoes because it is a construction site um, we do have the Byron Award nomination still open so if you have have nominated somebody for a Byron in years past and they did they did not win please re-up that uh, let's let's really keep uh, let's keep what Seaside is known known for and, and is special for, um, awarded, and um, there's a lot of people that have done a ton of projects or personal uh, support for many different areas. So love to see more and more n nominations there. I like I like reading them because it's it's really truly the history of where we are now. Um, and then also the Chamber Annual uh, Awards Dinner will be January 6th, 16th, and the nominations are still open for that. Uh, just go on to the seasidechamber.com, and uh, you can fill out the uh, survey there. So thank you. Very nice. And if you would pass that right back to Lori. <laughs> Lori, SDDA, my first day on the job. Nice to be back. Come back. <laughs> Nice to be asked back. <laughs> um, I have nothing to report at this time. Ask Chris if he would like to, to yes. give us any kind of update with the fire department. We, we have a new addition over at the department. That, uh, Joey will, uh, he, he apologized not being able to be here tonight, but he, uh, they'll make a, more of a public uh, presentation uh, in the near future. Uh, our biggest challenge right now is, is getting guys trained to, to operate it. And, and try and get back to service. It's, it's going to be a little bit before we get in service. Mm -hmm. I heard it's going to be the, the real thing. They did. It was kind of. Uh, they did a small experiment just to show the mobility of it, and they went around the turnaround with that vehicle without a hitch. So that wow. was kind of. A, oh wow! Kind of they were really crossing their fingers when they did it, but it, uh, <laughs> it it did exactly what they thought it would, and that's what that was the main reason mm -hmm. behind that, that vehicle. Was wow. I heard that Katie's had you'll be, some. You'll be seeing it in the near future, but like I said, the training is going to be the main thing that we need to get going on. Katie has driven the rear? Yes, okay. Chris. <laughs> We're really excited. I know Joey, Joey's really, he really wanted it here for the, the lighting ceremony, and he was very disappointed that it didn't make it here in time. They had some challenges with transportation. Duck in Nebraska. Chris, I did just throw something up on the screen. Um, Chief Daniels wanted me to let you guys know. So this, this video, I'm not going to play it, but you can go to the Seaside Fire website. It's about a 10-minute video, 
and it's of uh, Division Chief Rankin and Lieutenant Houston actually giving a full tour. So this is the company, um, uh, Rosenbauer America, that built the fire truck, and you can get every detail that you wanted to know unless you get a personal tour from one of these guys. This is a personal tour of this video, so go to seasidefire.com and you can find that video. It's pretty cool. So, and that's nice. featured on... So along with Joey, David, Gordon, and Katie Bolasette, that was the committee that worked on this vehicle to, to actually fine-tune it. They, they went back a couple different trips. Last one was in October, I think it was. Yeah, and they, they really put a lot of time and a lot of effort. And I know uh, I saw one of the video clips when, the, when uh, Matilda got to town. Katie was just jumping for joy. She was really excited about that. Mm -hmm. so they, 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 yeah, they, all four of them worked very long hours uh, to get this here. And, and I, I guess I shouldn't go. The, the fire department really appreciates the support of the public uh, for this. It, uh, it is something that is needed, and uh, uh, it will be... Uh, uh, guaranteed uh, uh, apparatus for our community for 20, 20 30 years. You want that? There you go. <laughs> you want me closer? Is that? Oh. Okay, I got it now. <laughs> but now that you're done. Okay, thank you. Um, Mr. Winstanley, anything to add? Thank you. Oh, Thank you. Hey, <laughs> you don't have any orange and black? Public Works. The decorations around town are absolutely gorgeous. I've uh, been in a, two or three towns uh, since we got into the season, and nobody looks like our town does. So uh, it is gorgeous. I have to just add to that. I got a call from someone who was not happy with the new rates for vacation rental permits. The end of the conversation was, I need to give you a compliment for the city. The lighting in the city for Christmas is just beautiful. Very nice. <laughs> Mr. Rail. Uh, yeah, I'm, I would like to discipline Chief Ham as well since I was my uh, alma mater, the University of Utah, failed miserably in that game. So I was a little disappointed <laughs> as a Utah alum, but um, nothing for – actually, one thing. I'm sorry. I'll take for Russ. Uh, they have a new employee at the convention center that started today. Uh, Celeste <laughs> Keneally is our new special events coordinator. So she started today and will be a good addition to the team over there. So. Thank you. Kim, anything? Mr. Van Teel, any chastising? Or, uh? Glad to be here. <laughs> Glad to have you here. I'll be gone next time. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, yeah. Merry Christmas. Yes, we'll be meeting on the 23rd. Yeah, 23rd of December. Councilor Wright. Uh, congratulations, Mark, for another job. Well done. Hold Getting on. a completely clean audit. I remember from personal experience that was just a joy. You know, us accountants, we got to get them where we can get them. Um, but it's really good. I've, I've been reading some old history of Seaside, and 
There were some spooky things going on in the very early years when they met in the back of a general store. And, uh, yeah. Um, we have some things going on in traffic. Um, Dale didn't mention, but our project's underway on holiday. Uh, the Transportation Advisory Commission meets uh, not this Thursday, but a week from Thursday. We don't have anything to report from the last one because we didn't have a meeting. And uh, the Planning Commission is working on the parking ordinance changes. I was hoping Kevin could be here tonight so he could bring us up to date, but um, they're still working on it. And for housing. Hmm? for housing. For housing, yeah. It's, it, that's the main purpose is for housing. And I also want to report that uh, Seaside has a, uh, about five people involved in the citizen emergency response team now. Uh, so that's uh, four more than it was in uh, March when I started getting involved. So we are making progress. Very nice. Yeah, quickly, just hats off to Mark. Uh, great job in the audit, like usual. And according to the auditors, we are in excellent financial shape. So we all, we know it up here because we look at the budgets, but it's good to hear every year. So great job. I want to thank Max for coming and telling us about his country. Certainly looks like um, a wonderful place to visit yeah. and for coming in and sharing it with <clears throat> us. Um, I hope you take good memories of Seaside back with you when you go back to the Ukraine. So, last Saturday, gingerbread tea at the Butterfield Cottage. We, um, we had a record. 76 people oh. came through in three hours. And that was this, a lot of dishes. <laughs> he washes the dishes. Um, but that, we, we can seat 30 at a time. And we did something different this time um, where we made arrangements with Niawana by the sea to bring a bus of um, 15 people. Great. And um, we're going to be looking forward to doing that more. Um, by, it has to be by special arrangement because uh, we only have so much room and there are there's needs for space and, and that kind of thing. But we ran out of gingerbread. We ran out of gingerbread cookies. We ran out of napkins. It was wonderful. Very nice. <laughs> popular. So, popular. And so, um, again, this coming Saturday, 1 to 4 at the Butterfield. Thank you. And Dana? Um, Max, thank you very much. I really enjoyed your, your presentation. And and I know you're having fun in the home that you're staying in. <laughs> but we were kind of disappointed that you didn't bring food, but that's okay. <laughs> we understand. Um, I just want to um, say how excited I was after my meeting with Mark on Friday. The, I got to go over and see the new fire. Oh, my God. That, that is awesome looking. It is very exciting to have that uh, apparatus and we've been talking about it for several years and it's really exciting that it's here and they look like little kids, Katie and all of them, <laughs> going through it. Um, the other thing is, is that, Mark, thank you uh, for the incredible audit. I, I didn't think I'd ever see anybody else that gets so excited about auditing other than the, our auditors. I'm going, uh, they get, they're like little kids in a candy store, I'm going. Not my idea of fun, but yeah, that's all right. <laughs> but anyway, thank you. It was nice to once again get such a, uh, a kudos to uh, you and the staff. 
And um, Kim, you did a good job with the tree. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Dale. Really? Wow. Two hours. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but thank you. No, that's great. That's beautiful. Oh, that's gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Mr. Horning. Well, it's hard to uh, add any more to than to everything that's already been stated, but I would uh, like to thank everybody for uh, making uh, the city run well and for being a great community. And uh, enjoy your eggnog and cookies, all things in moderation. <laughs> thank you. And I think uh, the council has touched on everything I had written down. Um, I did get up to uh, the watershed and got to tour it this week, or at the end of last week. And so it's, uh, it's just a beautiful piece of property. It's uh, pristine and mossy and wet, 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 <laughs> which it should be. There's, uh, you know, it, it's like nobody's there. <laughs> He's in there. So anyway, that was, that was a special treat. And again, thanks to uh, Friends of Seaside Library and the Library Foundation for helping uh, raise funds for that um, RFID program. And with that, we're adjourned. Thank you. Thank you.